Hello, 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 America. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. And we are coming to you guys live on this uh, Thursday, January 6th, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, here as ever to bring to you guys another brand new report, sharing with you the stories and the headlines of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year, of the season. And I hope you all are having a great night tonight. Uh, we are live currently on all fronts. Uh, you can get us over at the foxhole.app at pill.net, Trovo, Twitch, Clout Hub, and DLive. And I thank you all for joining us tonight. I hope you all are having a great evening, as I've said, and uh, that uh, all is finding you well in your neck of the woods. Uh, now, uh, what have we got on the menu for you guys tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it might be something uh, that uh, we are all quite familiar with, um, as uh, you all, at least I should say, the core audience of those who tune into the Sea Report and those who uh, kind of think the same way, feel the same way, are the same way, as a lot of us in the audience are out there, uh, today is January 6, 2022, ladies and gentlemen. What does that mean to you? Well, I would have to say, for sure, that really depends on what side of the line you sit. If you are a raging Democrat or, you know, a leftist, uh, progressive, communist sympathizer, today might be a memorial for the worst day in American history since the likes of 9-11, or perhaps, um, I don't know, the um, bombing of Pearl Harbor. We could put that today in that box, most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, if we were a left-leaning communist sympathizer, if we were someone intent on lying to the American people and also on destroying the great nation that is the United States of America. And indeed, that is exactly the verbiage that we are hearing, that is the speech, that is the speak, that is the talk and the sound, that we're hearing from, of course, the likes of the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media, and the supposed politicians. Well, they are politicians, but they supposedly are uh, elected representatives of the will of the people. And that would count for about, oh, I don't know, 98 to 99% of all our elected officials. In that batch, ladies and gentlemen, I am including not just those who speak out about uh, how we had a violent terrorist attack on January 6, 2021. Who do I sound like, right? But I also speak about all of those elected officials who have remained silent on the issue without really uh, choosing what side of the fence that they want to go on, because there are a lot of them. Now, granted, uh, we, do, uh, we do see and we do hear those who are actively trying to demonize the uh, American people and the uh, peaceful patriots who were present on January 6, 2021 in Washington, D.C. Uh, but... Uh, the ones who are silent, of course, they are complicit. 
And perhaps they just don't have the backbone that their deep state brethren have to say something or to formulate some type of opinion on it. Uh, but they are most definitely not representing the those whom they represent. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those whom voted for them, allegedly, right? Uh, that is still up for question whether or not they were actually voted in, I would say. But uh, indeed, they, uh, those who do not defend, those who do not uh, seek to find the truth about the 2020 election, those who uh, don't speak up in regards to election integrity, let that be a litmus test for those whom we uh, have chosen, allegedly, to serve and represent the voice and the will of their constituents. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely, uh, we will be talking about January 6th tonight, uh, pretty much exclusively. Um, I was uh, kind of uh, peering through some of the headlines out there, trying to see uh, if there was anything worth noting. And, and indeed, there's always something that we can talk about today, or tomorrow, or yesterday. Uh, but uh, it seems to me that January 6th seemed to be the topic to really kind of jump into. And I say that particularly uh, because we have not covered January 6th here as extensively as other venues have. And most definitely the audience of the C-Report has not received as much information. Uh, they may have heard about it, obviously. Uh, they may have uh, known about it and gotten a lot of the details about what's been going on since that day one year ago from other agencies. But I thought today uh, we would do one proper on uh, this Memorial Day, right? Uh, you can call it an anniversary. Uh, but it was most definitely a day uh, where the American people showed up and uh, this was in support of a duly elected president who rightfully should have retained his seat in the office of the White House. But more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, it was a, um, a mass gathering of Americans who descended upon the Capitol on this day one year ago. Because they wanted to show out to those supposedly elected officials who allegedly represent the voice and the will of their constituents about their disagreement in how the elections of 2020 were handled, who wanted to show out in a massive body of American citizens exactly how they felt by show of numbers, in regards to the theft of an election and the death of our electoral process here in America. Now, as we've stated on the Sea Report before, obviously, obviously, elections have been stolen for decades here in this country. None more so obvious than what happened on 3 November 2020. It was very obvious to all of us uh, if it weren't from the reports that were coming in about the activities that were happening on the floor, on the ground there in specific states, it was most definitely visible just by watching the coverage of the elections on that night.
we witnessed at least three states. Because I remember seeing Virginia happen. I remember seeing Virginia close minutes after they had closed their polls. And at 2% count, Fox News calling the state for Biden. Of course, this has also happened in California and Arizona as well. I don't recall seeing Arizona and California. I might have been, uh, I might have been tied up and busy on the air as uh, I was actually uh, live streaming that night. Uh, but um, that is in the books, ladies and gentlemen, and that has been witnessed. And then, of course, all the evidence that came out thereafter. So uh, we show up, ladies and gentlemen, to the Capitol to let them know that we are not happy with it. But the key thing to remember here is that it was a peaceful gathering, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I was on the ground in Washington, D.C. on that day one year ago. And uh, I, was, uh, I was present as I witnessed this mass gathering of people who love this country of patriots. And uh, the one takeaway that I had of that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was that it indeed was a mass gathering of peaceful Americans. In fact, I remember feeling the vibrant energy of the people. And I remember thinking, wow, this is something unlike I've ever witnessed before. And indeed, was most grateful to be there on the ground. So tonight, what we're going to do here on the Sea Report is we're going to have a focus on the January 6th, 2020 Capitol false flag riots. That is how I've termed it. Because since then, as has been discovered through, uh, through um, investigations, through searching, uh, through individuals who have tirelessly and relentlessly looked into this matter exactly what we uh, feel was uh, transpiring. And indeed, it was a false flag, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, some of the evidence will suggest tonight as we go through it. So we'll have a focused show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on January 6th and its occurrences. Uh, some members of the audience will undoubtedly be familiar with the information that we are presenting tonight, but undoubtedly to those who are new to the show or who are new to searching out what is going on, who've actually found the will to ask the question, can we trust the government? Can we trust the media? And are they telling the truth? Well, perhaps for them tonight, we can provide them with some answers to their questions or at least with a perspective that they may not have had before. So tonight's show uh, is brought to you by two specific news outlets, and that would be The Gateway Pundit and Revolver. Now, Revolver has recently released uh, two articles of smashing evidence that really beg the question, but more importantly, provide an answer uh, that we will get into tonight as we're moving along. And then secondly, the Gateway Pundit, who has tenaciously held on to this truth and has shared it wide and far with the national audience, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's international by now, but to those whom it matter are the victims, and uh, we patriots don't play victim, but evidence should be uh, evidence should be shown and evidence should be acknowledged where evidence is given. And so to that end, uh, we thank the Gateway Pundit for their continued work and for Revolver in their investigation and putting together the information in a digestible and uh, understandable way, at least for the majority of us. Uh, because again, there's a lot of moving parts when we talk about some of the events that happened here. And uh, well, we will share that out with you all. Uh, before we jump into that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see here. We're going to hop on over into the chat room at uh, pill.net and the foxhole.app just to say a howdy do and hello real quick. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Pilled by the Rabbit joining us. Good evening, Pilled by the Rabbit. How are you doing tonight? 123SKG, good to see you, my friend. Rail Anon, as always, welcome, 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 and thank you for the 117 gold pill donation. Thank you so much uh, for the cookie donation, 123SKG. WC Cranop, good to see you, sir. How are you doing tonight? Rail Anon, how are you doing? Oh, I- <laughs> Rail Anon, you get two, you get, uh, two, uh, two greetings tonight. And uh, glad to see you guys with us as we begin our journey. Now, Relanon puts there at the bottom, Ray Epps, Ray Epps, Ray Epps. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Epps, particularly, particularly for those who may not be familiar with the name, I would most definitely say uh, that's a name you don't want to forget too soon. Uh, because after all, he is, uh, he is an integral part of what we're seeing on uh, January 6, 2020. Now, uh, one might wonder or ask, well, what do you mean an integral part? Well, not to get too far ahead into what we'll be talking tonight, because we'll actually be featuring the information on Ray Epps uh, first tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was talk about how there would be people infiltrating the uh, January 6th Freedom Save America rally, the MAGA mega rally, some people called it, because again, President Trump uh, did, uh, did request that as many Americans, as many America-loving patriots show up on this day. And uh, some of the some of the behind the scenes uh, things behind that, you know, we had uh, we had the uh, the voting, the counting of the electoral uh, um, the electoral uh, um, uh, ballots that day, uh, the electoral college calling in their votes with their slates of electors, and uh, the show of people was there. I think to give Washington D.C. an idea of exactly how many Americans opposed what was happening. And then, of course, it denigrated into some type of a riot. But again, being present there on, on, in Washington, D.C. that day, some type of a riot I did not see. I was uh, present, accounted for, and, well, to be quite frank... I guess the riot happened before I got to the Capitol. <laughs> uh, smoke bombs, flash grenades, that type of thing. Yeah, as the evening wore on, those were present that I can recall. Uh, but most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, 
I did not see, you know, smashing of the gates. I did not see, uh, you know, thousands of Americans stampeding into the Capitol. Uh, what I did witness, for the most part, was word of mouth. Oh, we heard someone got shot. Oh, you know, we heard that, uh, you know, people are, are breaking into the Capitol. And all of that unfolded as the day went on. Now, as I said, um, I was actually there broadcasting, live streaming the entire day. Um, I was live streaming back on my uh, old uh, network participants back with Q&A. And we, uh, we, I was there uh, from about 7 a.m. in the morning until 6, 7 p.m. at night. A full day at the Capitol to witness these events. Now, unfortunately, I do not have any copies of the footage that we uh, filmed throughout that day. Uh, very interesting as we live streamed, uh, able to debunk uh, some of the gossip or some of the hearsay that was on the ground, uh, you know, like, oh, there's bombs going off. Well, no, there were no bombs going off. Oh, there's people flipping cars and rioting and the police are fighting with them. Well, no, we're not seeing that either. Uh, you know, we, I was amidst a group of patriots singing songs and uh, excited to be present on that historical day. And indeed, it was a historical day. It is a historical day. But unfortunately, the truth of that history is mired in the lies of treasonous politicians and a complicit treasonous mainstream, lamestream, fake news legacy media that have curved the story into uh, something that they have designed in order to further pummel the will and the truth of the American people and a president who worked against the establishment and only sought to restore this republic and the power to the people. And I'll never forget, as I was leaving the Capitol grounds that day, and I was getting calls from my family, and uh, they were quite concerned. They were asking if I was okay. They were asking if I had been hurt. And I was like, well, I'm fine. Why do you ask? And they're like, well, because on the news, it tells us that there was a violent riot. And uh, it was uh, something that they'd never seen before. Uh, so they were quite concerned, and I guess justly so. Now, I'll never, I'll never forget also uh, kind of dovetailing that, um, being in touch and in contact with uh, friends back home. Some of them cut of the conservative cloth, some of them Republican. And uh, proud as I was to be there, uh, these conservative Republican friends uh, shamed me for being there and participating in uh, a vile act against our country. And I just remember thinking, boy, you weren't there and you really don't know what was happening. And furthermore, they clearly don't understand anything about uh, what is really going on in American politics. So that was interesting. So as I said, I don't have any of the footage of the live streaming that we did. Um, Interesting enough, as we live streamed, you know, uh, the signal was really weak out there. And it wasn't so much as weak as we found out later as that signals were being jammed. 
so, you know, we were on again and off again throughout most of the day. And uh, I remember clearly um, I was filming during the speech that President Trump gave there um, on the Capitol grounds. Uh, and uh, I remember a guy asking me, are you live streaming? Now, this this man uh, with a backpack on and uh, well, I mean, in retrospect, he was probably, uh, you know, not an informant, but one of those people. Uh, one of those uh, provocateurs was probably surprised that if I were live streaming, that my signal was going out. But there were a lot of things that we had heard about prior to getting on the ground there in D.C. We heard that there would be infiltrators, undoubtedly. And, uh, you know, some of them could be identified uh, as having their MAGA hats on backwards and being in camouflage attire, whether pants or whatever. And indeed, I saw those people out there. Saw a lot of things, but for example, um, just prior to President Trump's speech, um, the formation of the Proud Boys, that was interesting. Um, and uh, just seeing them all unite in a group, get into formation, and start marching towards the Capitol. And like I said, this was prior to the president giving his speech on that day. Kind of wondering what is up with that. I know I was live streaming at that point, And I remember asking the guy, should I follow him? Or should we just go uh, see President Trump uh, give his speech? But uh, I was way in the back anyways. Ain't no one was going to get that close. It was a packed house that day. And uh, man, talk about a massive body of people gathering on the Capitol grounds. Probably the most they'd seen in uh, quite some time. Uh, but yes, so without, uh, without the uh, presence of uh, video for the live stream, I actually, ladies and gentlemen, um, did have some of my own footage that I'm going to share with you guys tonight. Um, it's nothing dramatic, it's nothing worth writing home about, but it is actually the first time that uh, I will be sharing this with anyone uh, since that day, it's been a year. It's been uh, stored in my uh, my phone and uh, on. Uh, I was using Snapchat that day, also, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I pulled all of that video footage off of my phone, uh, so I could put together something uh, just to show you guys kind of what I was seeing. Now, like I said, the majority of the day I was live streaming, so uh, I, I couldn't handle two phones at once. Uh, couldn't handle, you know. If, uh, if I was, uh, off the air because we lost a signal, then, uh, I would pull, I would pull out my uh, camera phone, the camera app on my phone, or I'd pull out Snapchat and then just kind of, uh, you know, film that there that way. So that's what I did. But, uh, I went ahead and I put together all the footage that I had. Like I said, it's nothing dramatic. You're not going to see anything that would have helped any investigation. You're not going to see anything that would have incriminated anyone. You're not going to see anything that would be worth writing a breaking news report on, but I thought it would be something worth sharing with you guys as I was present that day. And, uh, well, like I said, I've never shared this with anyone or shown it to anyone before. So, uh, why not with this audience? Uh, so this is less than 10 minutes of footage from, uh, that day. Uh, of course, this is January 6, 2020. Uh, with myself on the ground in Washington, D.C. Not a whole lot of sound on this. Uh, of course, you'll hear some people speaking. 
Um, I filmed a little bit of the uh, Chinese Americans uh, um, who are pro-Trump uh, giving a speech. Uh, you'll hear a couple of other speeches in the background. Uh, there was a, a bit of uh, uh, the march of the uh, women for Trump. And uh, yeah, well, a lot of people, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, happy to share it with you guys before we jump into some of the other information that we'll be covering on this evening. Uh, so let me go ahead and get that pulled up for you all. So uh, you may uh, take a gander at a little bit of my day on January 20th, two, January 6th, I apologize, 2020. And uh, well, uh, let's let her roll. I want to introduce myself a little bit. I came to this country 11 years ago. All by myself. I started to speak Chinese, broken English. Now I'm here. I am able to, to speak for our people, for our immigrants. We cannot stand this election to be stolen by the evil government. We have to, first of all, right thing for the people of America. Thank you. My name is Tony. I come from Philadelphia. Okay, doing some backup streaming or recording video just because I don't want to miss this moment. You will not see this many Biden supporters come out to fight for Biden's right to be the president-elect self-declared office. 
uh, in the sea of people right now. Crowds moving along. Yeah, so um, I'm also snapping some of this, uh, whatever's coming out. <laughs> and uh, I have some liberal friends that don't even know this is going on right now. Like, they're like, what is that? What is going on? What is happening in Washington, D.C.? Well, that tells you uh, how much the news is letting these people know about what's really going on. And it ain't a whole lot. Good Lord. The Washington, uh, Washington Monument is totally inundated with people. Sure. We're just making a few Stay in the crowd for a minute, and then I'll probably. Uh, I think if we fit in right here, we can probably weed our way through. Yeah. Kind of at a loss for words for the things I'm seeing. It's just, just this is tremendous, y'all. Tremendous. I don't think the president-elect even got this many people to show up at one event.
Okay. Whoops. Okay, so that's that, guys. I told you it was uh, nothing worth writing home about. <laughs> but uh, that was a little bit of what I saw on the ground there um, in between live streaming. So uh, that is that in that regard. Let me go ahead and get that off the screen now. And we'll pop this baby back open. Oops. There we go. Now, had I known that I would not be able to retain any of the footage of myself actually being there and doing the live stream, well, I might have, I might have, uh, I might have recorded more on my own devices. But hey, I was there for a reason. I was there doing a job, and that was to uh, cover the event. Now, uh, I'll never forget. After that, everyone saying, "Oh, you better be careful, Mister C, because the FBI and the CIA are going to come knocking on your door." And uh, you better be careful, Mr. C, because they're going to they're going to lock you up and take you in. Uh, that never happened, obviously. Um, I know I've heard stories about a lot of people who received visits and things like that. But I always figured, well, you know, I was there at the capacity of as a journalist, as a reporter, as a member of the press. And so I figured they didn't want to deal with that. Um, and maybe perhaps that was a reason for it. Or I was, you know, I'm... Look at this potato head. I am but small potatoes, ladies and gentlemen. They don't care about what I do. <laughs> so anyways, uh, now I'm going to show you some photos from that day. And then uh, we'll jump into some of the stories. I'll do a little bit of a narration. And you can harangue me all you want later on. Uh, yes, this is on Go Ogle Photos. And you know, I, got, I don't advocate anything Go Ogle. But as I don't use the cloud, it was the only way that I could... Uh, get my photos off my phone in a manner that I could actually use them at a point. Uh, so let's see here. Let me bring that up for you guys. What is it doing? There we go. Boo. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, I was on the ground that day in this very coat I'm wearing right now. Uh, and, uh, like I said, I was there to do a job and that's all I was wearing. Jeez. That was super cold. I didn't realize how cold it was until about the third or fourth hour when the, uh, the, uh, bones in my pelvis were rattling together. Now, obviously I didn't take that photo, but that's illustrative of, uh, how many people were actually there that day. I would say that's easily 1.7 million or more. It's definitely over a million, ladies and gentlemen. That is a lot of people. Uh, so uh, there's that. Uh, there's myself at the Washington Monument. And just again, more footage of individuals, Americans, patriots, showing up to show their support for the Constitution, for the proper electoral process, and also for President Trump. Now, you might not be able to discern this gentleman in the uh, center here holding these flags, huge flags. Now, I had this on one of my social medias and one of, uh, I wouldn't call that person a friend anymore, uh, but one of the uh, liberal associates I had sent me a message saying, of course, you would take a photo of the only black person on uh, present that day. And I just responded that I had no idea that she was racist. And uh, yeah, just more photos, taking pictures of the uh, signs, the people, the capital. 
Now, interesting enough, also, um, I was actually filming during President Trump's speech, and I don't seem to have any of that footage anymore. Now, this is about, uh, I don't know, 3 or 4 p.m. <laughs> no, this is before I headed to the... Uh, before I headed to the Capitol, and I had to get me a hat because I was so cold. <laughs> and then that is after the Capitol, actually. I think it was, uh, actually, this is prior to walking up, and uh, I had gotten a jacket because it was freezing again. Uh, now, here's a scene from the Capitol, just as it was filling up, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, after President Trump's speech, um, I actually uh, parted from the Capitol grounds because I had to use the bathroom and then I headed back to the Capitol. So incidentally, I'm pretty sure that's how I missed uh, all of the fireworks. Um, now, does this even look like there was a riot going on? This, at no point were there, you know, guns, uh, flares, smoke bombs. Uh, no one was rushing anything. And uh, this is actually, uh, as you'll see as we go through some of the other uh, information tonight, uh, we're, we're talking about that land bridge where they cut down the gates and all that stuff. This is, this is past that point. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure that uh, a lot of that violent footage that they uh, recovered and uh, they've been using to demonize the patriots who were there that day. I'm pretty sure that that happened probably during President Trump's speech, if not towards the end of it, but definitely not what I witnessed. And this is about, what, 2 p.m. or so. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, I took this photo because these individuals were up there uh, telling people where to go. Uh, this is where I was like, kind of like, this is kind of weird. Like we got uh, people standing up here saying go to the Capitol and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of uh, fishy, you know. And uh, let's see, that was actually afterwards, this photo. What kind of flag is that? I don't think I even noticed. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But uh, and then uh, yep, Trump 2020. This is afterwards, uh, once everyone's starting to clear out. And for the majority of the part, uh, these photos are not in total order. So uh, that is a member of the Chinese American uh, Party that was there also. So anyways, all right, very little documentation on my end. But, uh, well, it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Those, that's all I have for my memories. What is this? Go away. Go away. All right, and we'll take that off. Okay, guys. Just thought I'd share that with y'all. It's the first time that uh, I've ever actually ever shown that to anybody. It's been uh, hiding in my camera for a year. And uh, well, there you go, guys. So uh, that was my day in a nutshell over there at uh, the Capitol on January 6, 2020. If I get a knock on the door, well, they found me. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Now let's get into the meat of tonight's uh, show. Uh, again, like I said, we will be uh, covering information about, um, mainly we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the, uh, the agent provocateurs, the infiltrators, those who were there that were uh, members of this false flag genuinely, because that is how I will call it. It was the uh, Capital False Flag Riot, uh, because that is exactly what it is. And uh, they have utilized this false flag as they do to push um, you know, whatever narrative or whatever, uh, whatever kind of, uh, demonization laws, you know, they're trying, I mean, of, of course they're trying to push a law. They, they used it to try and impeach a duly elected official, you know? So, uh, and that is what they do. That is what they do. 
And uh, real quick, uh, good evening, Khaleesi, the Joyful Lily. Thanks for stopping in. Glad to have you with us tonight. And um, uh, Jane Jetson, good evening as well. Thank, and uh, thank you for gifting the phone. Uh, thank you for all you do. Love your show. Oh, thank you, Jane Jetson. Much appreciated. And uh, Patriots win 17. Uh, never watch you before. That's shame on me. I like your show being watching for now on. Oh, well, well, welcome in. And thank you, Patriots win 17. I hope, uh, I hope we uh, put on a good show for you guys tonight and for you as well. Um, but yeah, so there we go, guys. So now, like I said, we'll be focusing primarily on the agent provocateurs and some of their history, some of the things that are kind of uh, that are kind of gitchy about this entire situation that seem to be ignored by the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, that seem to be igno- uh, ignored by anyone who wants to point their finger and uh, just call us a bunch of insurrectionists. Now, President Trump, of course, has referred to the true insurrection happening on November 3rd, 2020. And uh, I would have to say that uh, that is highly accurate, ladies and gentlemen. Um, However, did it look like an insurrection? Uh, No, it did not look like an insurrection because uh, generally when you see insurrections, you have a a mass of violence. You have uh, people coming out into the streets. You have, uh, you know, people being held hostage. I mean, is that what an insurrection looks like, ladies and gentlemen? I guess you could say. Now, I know of uh, many planned insurrections that day. You know, we had the likes of uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Sunrise Movement, uh, all of them attempting to coordinate some type of uh, kinetic insurrection in preparation of President Trump not um, peacefully handing over the balance of power or refusing to leave the White House. Now, we covered that information, oh man, ages ago. Uh, you can always go to thecreport.com if you would like to see the, the series of three articles that I wrote up on the Sunrise Movement insurrection. Um, and uh, of course, that's not to my credit. I just wrote the articles about it, but the information came from uh, Millie Weaver, if any of you all are familiar with Millennial Millie, and uh, she uh, actually had a website, I think it was called sunriseexposed.com, where they actually had uh, these insurrectionists on film in their Zoom meetings, uh, planning out, talking and discussing um, uh, this kinetic insurrection. And in fact, I think the true insurrection that they got away with, these individuals, was actually the bureaucratic insurrection. And uh, that was also part of those discussions in the sunrisedexposed.com expose. Uh, And that had to do with uh, the bureaucrats, uh, the paper pushers of the D.C. area, slow rolling and, uh, you know, going on vacation or calling out sick, anything that they could do so that between... Uh, you know, the months of October, November through January 20th, uh, they could stymie and stifle anything that President Trump, any administrative piece that President Trump was trying to push through in his final days, optically speaking, symbolically speaking, in office. Um, and then, of course, you know, that part, I believe, was successful. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, with thanks from them uh, to characters like uh, Bill Barr, 
um, you know, who uh, has allegedly was allegedly also at the same time before he uh, he was given the boot, um, you know, assisting uh, the Biden junta in uh, getting all of his what 40 executive orders, uh, you know, looked at and uh, signed off on uh, by legal eyes. Uh, so but that's a story for another day obviously. And uh, let's see here. Who do we have there? Andance uh, at want, want, want Truth. Good evening. Welcome in. Thank you for sharing, which we all know to be true was a peaceful day, albeit, yeah, it was cold. It was peaceful. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, you know, towards the end of it, you know, you start seeing the smoke and stuff like that and uh, talking with other people. Uh, like I did speak with the man uh, who was actually in the Capitol building when, uh, you know, they were in there. And uh, uh, he he told me that he'd gotten sprayed in the eyes with uh, pepper spray and stuff like that. Uh, he was very excited. And, uh, you know, he was just talking about his experience, uh, spoke with a, a group of young men who were super excited to have taken a photo of a photo of Ashley Babbitt um, on the ground. Uh, I saw the photo. Nothing was truly recognizable except for maybe an arm. It was an action photo. Very blurred, uh, but that kind of thing. And then, of course, hearing about them being on the backside of the Capitol. Uh, that's where all the shock troops were. That's where all of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the men in body armor were. Uh, that's where they were concentrated, at the backside of the Capitol. So uh, I didn't go back there. Uh, but uh, indeed, that's, that's what the story was. Uh, but other than that, we were just standing out there representing, you know, symbolically speaking, the will of the people uh, against what was happening inside the Capitol. Little did we know uh, that uh, there was all of this uh, activity with the agent provocateurs and others that were involved. Uh, 123SKG asks, uh, Ted Cruz, what is his game? Well, I don't know, guys. I used to uh, not speak too highly of Ted Cruz until I was corrected. <laughs> And I was told I should focus more on Cornyn, uh, both being the senators of the state of Texas. And indeed, I have focused on Cornyn. Yeah, we've talked about where he gets his money from. We've talked about how he is a, a, a lifelong career politician rhino. And, uh, you know, after all, Cornyn is uh, wanting to get, uh, you know, the 4th of July replaced with Juneteenth. And Cornyn, Senator Cornyn, the Republican senator from Texas, was behind all of that stuff. Yeah, so uh, Senator Cornyn pretty much is a CTR BLM uh, advocate. He's a rhino in disguise. Now, Ted Cruz, I used to say, well, that man, his, uh, his spurs don't jingle, jingle, jingle. You know, he's not even, uh, he's not even American born. But uh, I was told not to pick on him because he's done more for our country than Senator Cornyn has. And that is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. That is a bona fide fact that one cannot ignore. Uh, but uh, Cruz, his history, from what I understand, uh, would show us otherwise. Now, uh, has he done a lot for us since then? Indeed, he has. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing I have not heard Cruz speak on. And again, that litmus test, ladies and gentlemen, is election integrity. Now, the last time I checked the... Uh, the roster of uh, elected officials on uh, Wendy Rogers uh, audit all 50 to certify 2020, his name was not on that list. So 
Rhino Cruz and Rhino Abbott. Well, I guess you guys go hand in hand. All right, guys, let's get into today's report. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the Revolver article. Now, Revolver has actually done two articles on January 6th. Now, we're going to focus on the first one as we talk about the agent provocateurs, as we talk about the individuals who were there on the ground and who were quintessentially involved with the false flag that the mainstream media as well as the body politic of treasonous individuals have been utilizing uh, in order to shame, demonize, and to uh, just silence Americans who are standing for our country and our rights. Uh, This first article that they did was back from October, and uh, this one talks most specifically about a man by the name of Ray Epps. Now, I think it's very important, obviously, to share this information and particularly for those who are new to it because there's been much denial uh, by all those involved on the treasonous uh, side of things that uh, don't want us to acknowledge that there was actually operations going going on on the ground that day. Uh, They don't want the American people to even be uh, um, privy to any of that knowledge. They want us to think that it was a bunch of raging, violent, racist, uh, you know, um, uh, far right, right wing extremists who stormed the Capitol, which, you know, interesting enough, you would think that uh, if that were the truth, that there's over a million of them in America. And you'd think that that would be something that uh, the left, the progressives, the Democrats would be truly concerned with. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we know that is not the case. Now, in this article from Revolver, again, this was the first one that they did, uh, talks about Ray Epps. Uh, Meet Ray Epps, the headline reads, the Fed protected provocateur who appears to have led the very first January 6th attack on the Capitol. And this is very important when we think about the political prisoners who have been held uh, because of their attendance. I say attendance, ladies and gentlemen, not even their participation for being present. Now, of course, if there's anything else that goes toward that, I'm sure that they've been cherry picked for a reason. In some instances, I would say that uh, some of the political prisoners who are still being held to this day, okay, um, were maybe singled out because they were vocal in the press and in the media and, uh, and in, in perhaps in uh, spheres of greater influence that uh, they felt they being uh, the treasonous uh, anti-American uh, communist sympathizers, they felt that they were a threat to their narrative. In most instances is what I would say. Uh, But for whatever reason, these uh, brave and courageous Americans have been held captive. Uh, It is definitely a great shame on our country that they are still um, not free and uh, effectively trying to be silenced. Now, great shame on our country, but uh, the blame would go to the likes of, uh, you know, the uh, Democrats and their leaders and this uh, January 6th unselect committee. Uh, So let's kind of get into this. Now, these are lengthy articles, so we will go through it uh, a bit at a time. 
Now, uh, there in this photo, you have images of Ray Epps. And uh, again, this is a guy who was an agent provocateur. I feel like I might have walked by him <laughs> during that day. I know I definitely walked by a QAnon shaman. And I thought, oh boy, that guy must be cold. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's a story for another day. Let me see if I can get this thing off here real quick. Hold on. Let me get this cookies notice off my screen. Okay, Revolver, we'll agree with your cookies. Okay. Uh, so the, um, the article actually opens with information about the hearing, a hearing that they were having um, regarding uh, what was going on at uh, January 6th uh, false flag riot and uh, the, pro the uh, rally that occurred on January 5th. Now, I might share this little anecdote with you guys as well. Um, I arrived in D.C. on January 5th. I was supposed to have been on the ground January 5th about noon. Uh, however, Mr. Slee over Mr. C overslept that day, and uh, I missed the plane out, and I had to take a later plane. And I don't know if that was some kind of providence, uh, because uh, that, that, that rally they had on January 5th, there were a lot of provocateurs and naysayers there. Um, I mean, we had Ray Epps there on the ground uh, at the January 5th rally. It was a rally that was supposedly set up by uh, Ali Akbar, Akbar um, and uh, uh, Alex Jones was present. Roger Stone was present. There are a lot of characters there that get a lot of attention. Now, any of you guys who listen to my show uh, for any length of time... Uh, know how I feel about those individuals. Um, and, uh, well, we don't need to get into this at this time, but, uh, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of a providence by the time I got checked into my hotel. Um, the, uh, the rally was about an hour until completion. Um, and it was cold and I would have to either walk all the way over there or get a lift. And so I just didn't think that I thought by the time I got there, it would be over. Now, had I landed in D.C. about 10 or 11 a.m., I probably would have been there. But then who knows? I might have been singled out. And I only say that because someone took my photo on January 6th. It was weird. They just came right up to me. He was like, can I take your picture? And I was just like, this is weird. Uh, but anyways, okay. So they talk about that in the, the, at the opening of this article. They talk about the hearing with the A.G. Merrick Garland. Uh, let's see, Representative Thomas Massey in this uh, tweet quote says, I question Attorney General Garland about whether there were federal agents present on 1-6 and whether they agitated to go into the Capitol. Attorney General Garland refused to answer that question. We're not going to watch the video. But that's where the story of Ray Epps uh, starts to come out. Um, as we see, he was actually present at uh, the January 5th rally, which was the day prior to the false flag riot. Okay, and we're going to skip all that. So anyhow, it says here, after months of research, starting right here, Revolver's investigative reporting team can now reveal that Ray Epps appears to be among the primary orchestrators of the very first breach of the Capitol Police barricades at 12.50 p.m. on January 6th. Ray Epps appears to have led the breach team that committed the very first illegal acts on that fateful day. What's more, Epps and his breach team did all their dirty work with 20 minutes still remaining in President Trump's National Mall speech. 
and with the vast majority of Trump supporters still 30 minutes away from the Capitol. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. For all of us who were present that day, we know that uh, what they were reporting on the news that evening is not reflective of what our experience was. Uh, Secondly, the article continues, Revolver also determined and will prove below that the FBI stealthily removed Ray Epps from its capital violence most wanted list on July 1st, just one day after Revolver exposed the inexplicable and puzzlesome FBI protection of known Epps, um, known Epps associate and Oath Keepers leader, uh, uh, Stuart Rhodes. July 1 was also just one day after separate New York Times report amplified a glaring falsifiable lie about Epps' role in the events of January 6th. Uh, Lastly, Ray Epps appears to have worked alongside several individuals, many of them suspiciously suspiciously unindicted, to carry out a breach of the police barricades that induced a subsequent flood of unsuspecting MAGA protesters to unwittingly trespass on capital-restricted grounds and place them in legal jeopardy. The C-Report is 100% listener-supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with The C-Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support Become a monthly donor when you go to anchor.fm slash the C report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the C report website where you can help sustain future episodes of the C report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. So Ray Epps is free and we still have political prisoners. Uh, Now, the next part of this article corroborates Ray Epps' identity. So they're proving to us, they're proving to the masses, they're proving to the lying media, they're proving to uh, the likes of Merrick Garland who this guy actually is, who, who this guy actually is. Now, it says here, it took less than a week after January 6th for online researchers to track Epps down and confirm his identity. Researchers uncovered his personal Facebook profile where Epps shared his life story on Mark Zuckerberg's social media platform under his real name. Um, And let's see here. So it has a photo of here. There's Ray Epps. That's him in the flesh. That's him boating. Uh, Here's Ray Epps on a horse. Riding that horse. All right. Uh, We got Ray Epps, a hunter. Wouldn't that make uh, liberals angry, right? Okay. Uh, I guess we have Ray Epps here with some guns. Okay. Uh, Let's see if there's a caption on that. He served in the United States Marines and ultimately worked his way up to full Marine Sergeant, according to his previous public title, Sergeant uh, United States Marine Corps and his private Facebook nostalgic musings. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he has a business and a ranch in Arizona. Uh, uh, his business is a private holding company. Um, and um, has uh, it says here, along with every publicly discoverable record imaginable, 
so researchers on the internet definitely did their job here. Uh, interesting how curious Americans, curious patriots can find all this information and yet somehow the FBI cannot manage to do it. They cannot manage to, uh, to do their job. Uh, talks about an article that Ray Epps was featured in in Arizona Central. Now, you guys all may remember Arizona Central because they've played a huge role in the state of Arizona in demonizing the uh, Arizona uh, full forensic audit of the 2020 election. Now, that's definitely a leftist organization, but they featured Epps in there apparently where he's talking about his experiences there at the Capitol. Okay, and we'll skip over that. Um, but according to the article, it says Epps did not simply uh, didn't stop at simply confirming his presence at the Capitol. Epps effectively corroborated on record that he was the exact same man telling Trump supporters they needed to go inside the Capitol. And I'll never forget that as I was walking to the Capitol myself, hearing these people on bullhorns, whether they were uh, whether they were um, uh whether they were uh, battery-powered bullhorns or just the big, the big hollow rings that you shoot out of, but they're ever just and just telling people, giving them direction: go to the Capitol, get to the Capitol. You need to go to the Capitol. And of course, I thought that was highly suspect. Uh, but it says here, um, when asked, this is from AZ Central. When asked about it, he first told the Republic he would uh, need to see the video. When read a transcript of the comments, he said the only thing that. Uh, that meant is we would go in the doors like everyone else. It was totally, totally wrong the way that they went in. Okay, so he told Arizona Central. Now we have video of him and we will play this. Now this is from the January 5th event that I was just telling you guys about that uh, I ended up not participating in as, uh, as Providence would have it. And I'm just going to keep saying that. Uh, but let's see here. We'll get this footage rolling. Uh, it's a minute long. I know some of you guys have seen it, but this is Ray Epps in the flesh uh, talking about going into the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Tomorrow? I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. We are going to the Capitol where our problems are. It's that direction. Please spread the word. All right. No, Dave, but one more thing. Yes, yeah, so we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get Did shot. You arrest us all? Okay, so very, very brief video there. That's the land bridge that I'm talking about. I, I actually walked across that little bridge there. Hey, you be quiet, Ray Epps. Okay, so uh, that was a compilation for the podcast viewers of uh, documented footage of Ray Epps on the ground there on January 6th, uh, giving direction, guys. And you see the way he stands back and he lets them do his job. 
I mean, his job was to uh, get them, encourage them, to rile them up. That is what you call a provocateur, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who may not know. All right, let's go ahead and continue on with this. Good evening, Kiwi Crochet Girl, if you're still present with us. Thanks for stopping in tonight. And uh, let's get back to this article now. It says, um, it says, as you process the video above and the information to follow, it is important to keep in mind Ray Epps is a free man. Again, he is not being held. He's been identified. He's been identified as the man in the video. And you think that, uh, you think that uh, the FBI can't find him? You think they don't know who he is? I mean, again, this is citizens doing the work of our uh, supposed, uh, you know, law enforcement agencies or whatever it is that they consider themselves. Never been arrested, okay? Um, so uh, now the article talks about, uh, by January 8th, the FBI Capital Violence Most Wanted list featured a big, fat, friendly face shot of Ray Epps. The FBI's Washington field office in a tweet the same day called for the public's help in identifying Ray Epps. Okay, so there you go, and uh, we'll we'll talk about a few more of these characters here uh, in the photo. Photograph number, uh, d- different individuals. I think it's like a top 20 list, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, violence at the Capitol, states ca- at the United States Capitol. So they have that again. Uh, more individuals. And uh, here's that big old fat face photo of Ray Epps at the Capitol. Uh, so as Revolver goes on, uh, they talk about, uh, how the FBI was seeking these individuals, how they put that information out, how the American public actually delivered on the FBI's, uh, most wanted list. And, uh, they were really after it. Okay. They were really after it. Now it says here, initially swarms of left-wing researcher accounts, Antifa groups and partisan nonprofits leapt into crowdsourced internet detective mode. They assigned Epps' identity, various hashtags, and tracked his movement throughout 5 and 6 of January. The primary three hashtags assigned to Epps were crowd control because of the way uh, Epps was always controlling every crowd he was part of on both January 5th and 6th as hashtag crowd control. He's also given hashtag FedBoomer because of the shocking video analyzed below of Epps being shouted down as fed as a fed by Trump supporters for proposing to enter the Capitol and hashtag big MAGA camo, which came to be Epps's final neutral descriptor name. It is under the hashtag big MAGA camo moniker that virtually all left wing databases shared Google spreadsheets and multimedia archives retain most of their Ray Epps information within days of the uh, the riot at the Capitol archives quickly swelled with videos and images of Epps, right? Epps played two roles in virtually every encounter during his commando Capitol tour on January 6th. First, Epps instructed his commandos and the crowds at his attention to rush into the Capitol and let nothing stop them. Second, Epps assid- assiduously protected cops and law enforcement so no local or federal officers would be harmed during the precision breaches. Acid, acidiously, I guess that's the way. And there again is a photo of Epps. I guess, look, he's holding, he's protecting the cops, right? He's like, calm down, guys. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Is this some video? Let's let's take a look at this video real quick, y'all. Now, this is a short one from, uh, it's like 30 seconds long. 
Oh, we may not need to watch this. Let's just read this. It says, uh, if you want to see what this walking philosophical paradox looks like in action, here's a clip of Epps patrolling the very front police lines of the Capitol's Western Plaza at approximately 3.15 p.m. at the height of the day's mania, nearly two and a half hours after Epps and his breach team appeared to coordinate the toppling of the Capitol's West Side police barricades. This was also nearly a full hour after the U.S. Capitol building itself had already been breached. With Epps' stated mission of breaching the Capitol accomplished and hundreds of Trump supporters already inside, Epps' mission magically switched to calming the crowd down, assuring them we already made our point and ensuring that no more of his apparently fellow officers got hurt that afternoon. So yeah, we won't watch it, but that is, uh, that is what the gist of that 30-second video is. Again, the article reverts back to uh, the FBI pleading with Americans to give them information on Ray Epps. And then it says here, on July 1st, between the hours of 3.37 a.m. and 5.55 p.m., the FBI finally took action on Ray Epps, but not to prosecute him or to announce a sweeping investigation or an FBI SWAT raid on Epps's house for all of his phones and electronics. Instead, someone at the FBI quietly and stealthily purged every trace of Ray Epps from the Capitol riot's most wanted database. And so... Photograph number 16 of Ray Epps is gone. And uh, yeah, between uh, 15 and 17 is apparently a non-existent digit numerical value. All right, guys. So that is the gist of this article on Ray Epps uh, and his involvement on January 6th from the... uh, From the... uh, uh, magazine Revolver. And, uh, well, that is that bit of information for those of you out there who have never heard about this before. Um, but also, uh, do not believe that there was any other involvement or agent provocateurs uh, who were uh, infiltrating the event that day. And the rest of the article also gives some further information about Ray Epps and his involvement. It looks like this is with the Proud Boys, perhaps, or is this the Oath Keepers? Yeah, Oath Keepers, I apologize. And some of the other characters that he was present with on that day. So uh, Ray Epps is definitely, uh, definitely deeply embedded into a lot of this, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he was definitely there present at the Capitol on January 6th. for reasons of uh, stirring up, directing, being one of those that truly, uh, truly um, participated in and uh, gave leadership on this false flag riot, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, there is Ray Epps. And that is for you to digest. Okay. And then we'll talk about some, I think this is, uh, I think these videos are when they're calling him a fed. (laughs) Interesting enough, but uh, we'll go ahead and move along from that. Now, uh, the rest of this article talks about some of the other people present, like one John Sullivan. Now, we actually did cover John Sullivan or Jaden X back in, I don't know, like February or March here. Uh, John Sullivan, of course, um, an... (laughs) Quite an idiot, if you ask me, uh, but he was uh, 
he was another agent provocateur that we're probably actually more familiar with. Interesting enough how Jaden X was, you know, featured on CNN and apparently even on InfoWars, but I missed that one um, after the uh, false flag riot occurred. And uh, just going on about like, how does someone like that end up on, you know, uh, CNN? But apparently it's because also someone he was working with had a relationship with uh, CNN. And then, of course, also um, we also had footage of Jaden X as a uh, a BLM supporter or uh, someone of that type, definitely a leftist, present at rallies in Utah talking about, uh, you know, burning down. Uh, you know, the government and, uh, you know, uh, messing stuff up to say it in a more palatable way. He was also present there during the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, So that's something that uh, most of us are familiar with when we're talking about John Sullivan. Uh, He was arrested uh, there in D.C. and then he was also arrested uh, later on again back in Utah. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at the next articles that we have because uh, it'll talk more about Jaden X uh, as we move along. Okay, let's see what we got here. Now we'll we'll head over to the Gateway Pundit. And uh, the Gateway Pundit for this one will take in a bit of a digestive look at the second Revolver article. Now that one was much longer than the one that we just went through. But again, as we are reviewing these things... Uh, headline revolver investigation exposed a massive web of unindicted operatives who coordinated alongside Ray Epps to turn January 6th into a riot. We'll go ahead and expand that a little bit. Okay. Uh, so we're seeing here, um, they're talking about, uh, revolver and then of course about their own articles in regards to, uh, the revolver issue and also the involvement of Jaden X or uh, John Sullivan as well as Ray Epps. Okay, and uh, let's see here. They're talking about the initial breach here at 12.50. Again, we're looking at that same Ray Epps clip of his involvement and uh, kind of uh, uh, encouraging people to go to the Capitol. Okay. Uh, Here they're talking about... um, uh, the route that uh, Epps's people took from the Capitol, of course. And then we have the uh, Trump rally, the White House, the ellipse, where uh, President Trump was giving his speech. It says here, the entrance at the Capitol was specifically chosen because it was the intersection that every single person leaving the Trump rally would arrive at first as they made their way to the Capitol. Once several unknown uh, operatives were able to clear the barricades, they had to set the trap for the unsuspecting crowd. Both the Pennsylvania Avenue and the Constitution Avenue exits from the Trump speech intersected at the exact peace monument barricade uh, were, that were targeted in advance by the Ray Epps breach team. If any of the eight others uh, walkaway entrances into the Capitol grounds had been toppled instead, tens of thousands of marchers would have been met by police and metal barricades instead of an open gate. Without police present or do not enter signs prominently visible, people leaving Trump's speech and arriving at the Capitol entrance would have no idea it was illegal to walk through the gate or onto the lawn or up to the Capitol steps. After all, this entire area is ordinarily open to the public. Instead, they heard friendly music and saw the main walkway to the Capitol grounds wide open. 
these unwitting Trump supporters had no idea they had just crossed an invisible tripwire that would later subject them to federal prosecution for trespassing. So again, that's interesting because, you know, when we look back at this map present here, and let me go ahead and uh, expand that. So uh, if any of us had, you know, if any, any of us, I say us too, because I was present, uh, had gone in another route through any, any, any of this part here, all of this is going to be barricaded with police, but this one spot right here, that is where everyone flowed through in direction. Now, honestly, because I went to the bathroom, I walked up from the, (laughs) I walked up from the mall, okay, (laughs) from the Capitol Mall. I walked up this way, and then uh, I think I went around this way through that land bridge um, across that street here, uh, because this right here is like a little, uh, it's like a water it's water right here, like a little man-made water thing. And so, yeah. And then, and then I went this way and, and through, you know, and I, I think I got up to here. I got no closer than like, uh, I was like right up to the steps there, but I didn't go onto the Capitol itself, personally speaking. But do you see how they directed everyone to do that? And they only had one area that was uh, unmarked, no signs. Uh, the police officers, I guess, were already gone by then, of course, because uh, Epps' breach team had dealt with them. And everyone else was funneled into that, okay? Everyone else was funneled into the Capitol grounds. Uh, let's see, in one video of, uh, from just after the breach, a man is calmly and methodically cutting down and rolling up restricted area fencing around the cat crowd. The unknown operative had no Trump gear on and looked completely out of place as if he was just there to do a job. So this is the, uh, this is the video evidence, again, that there was more going on that day at the Capitol. And uh, we'll go ahead and actually play this here. It's very short, uh, but that's so uh, viewers can see if they're unaware of any of this information out there. Because again, this is, uh, this is extensively covered within the Patriot community. Uh, but uh, let me see, can we get this to pop up? It doesn't pop up. Okay, so we'll do this magic trick, watch. Ooh, it's gonna take up the whole screen now. Okay, and let's get this rolling. Now, for podcasters, we're just going to watch a video exactly of what we described. Uh, some un, uh, uh, a man who looks out of place with no uh, visible markings or anything like that. Uh, cutting, cutting open a secured area or area closed fence and rolling it up. Rolling it up. So again, so again, how are, uh, how are innocent, unsuspecting Americans supposed to know when this is going on behind the scenes? Fortunately, people had this documented. Now, even with this documentation, we're seeing a lot of inaction from the January 6th Unselect Committee. They're not doing anything about this. They don't seem to be concerned about it at all. Now, online researchers have dubbed this individual hashtag fence cutter bulwark, bulwark being the name of his fire retardant jacket, the brand of his fire retardant jacket. So uh, there you have it. I got to give it to Revolver. They don't have as they don't have half as many advertisements on their pages as uh, the Gateway Pundit does. 
Uh, now, in videos, uh, the bulwark uh, fence cutter uh, can can be seen waiting right next to the Ray Epps breach site at 12.31, which is a full 20 minutes before anything transpired. So uh, there's a photo of this man right there. Uh, the Proud Boys, who were officially blamed by the press for the initial breach, would not arrive for at least another 15 minutes. In addition to fence cutter bulwark videos... Uh, uh, videos show that Epps, in addition to several others, had positioned themselves at the site as early as 45 minutes before a clear indication they were readying in anticipation of the eventual breach. So all the action for all the sleuths out there was at the Capitol. Uh, if you wanted to get ahead or get the scoop on any of this. Also seen 20 minutes before, another one of the other key operatives known only as hashtag NWS scaffold commander was stationed on the wall a few feet away from fence cutter bulwark awaiting his signals. This odd middle-aged man with glasses, a nerdy mask, and a blue ball cap is who some are calling the ringleader of the entire operation. Fairly interesting. And there's a photo of him there as well at the same spot as Bulwark Fence Cutter. NWS Scaffold, or NW Scaffold Commander gets his moniker from being the de facto commander of the central scaffolding tower that overlooked the Capitol's back steps and can be seen on multiple videos of 1-6. Perched atop this tower that served as a perfect central command post that could see the entire area, he used a megaphone to incite and command the crowd below. For nearly an hour and a half straight from about 1 to 2.30 p.m., NW Scaffold Commander's orders rain down on the otherwise leaderless crowd. Don't just stand there. Keep moving forward. He repeatedly bellowed through a megaphone. And uh, we'll play that just for, uh, you know, hoots and hollers. Okay, so there was a video footage of this uh, NW scaffold commander. Now, I don't remember seeing that scaffold, but I was uh, I was mainly on the left side of the Capitol. This looks like it's on the right side, uh, looking at the Capitol. So I don't remember that scaffold at all, honestly. I remember the guillotine. How many of you guys remember the guillotine? Anyways, it's it said on the guillotine that it was performance art. Now, uh, once the crowd had moved forward as far as they could and the first people had actually breached the building itself, the ringleader cranked things up a notch uh, saying, okay, we're in, come on, we got to fill up the Capitol, come on, come on now, we need help, we got to fill up the Capitol. They got in. Uh, as Revolver puts it, the clip below is checkmate. So uh, let's take a gander at that one as well. Get you some service. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Now I see why I don't remember the scaffold man because this was like right in front of the Capitol building, it looks like. And uh, I was standing down here because I remember clearly seeing this huge flag. It was massive American flag hanging off the scaffold from the top to the very bottom. I was down there somewhere. That's as close as I got. Anyhow, enough about me. Let's get back to this article. It says, as if it wasn't bad enough already with the evidence that Epps and others set the trap, um, NWS scaffold commanders, constant authoritative megaphone orders acted as effective mental and uh, social pressure that was able to manipulate the directionless crowd. The Glowies had manufactured the perfect storm. What's even more incriminating is as the FedFest's ringleader shouted his commands from his post, Ray Epps placed himself directly below the tower to handle the crowd on the front lines as they clashed with Capitol Police. Another clear sign of their coordinated efforts. What makes these two individuals stand out above the rest is the fact that they seem to work in tandem through the entire day, even before the initial barricade breach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like, you know, myself and the people around me really had no idea that that, was this, that stuff was going on. Like I said, we were off to the side, just standing there, sharing stories and war games with each other, uh, hearing reports from other people. And, of course, I was live streaming at this time. So also, you know, debunking some of the things that were being reported on the news that weren't actually happening. And I actually have no idea how many people were watching that day. But anyways, uh, so... Again, here, the article says, despite the mounting evidence about these individuals being operatives, no one's questioning them. No law enforcement, no arrests, no, uh, no calling in for hearings. Um, and all of this evidence is there and they're documented and the FBI has the name of at least Ray Epps, right? But they just need the name to remove him off of their uh, most wanted list. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Here's the image showing this man as well as another one else before the breach. Uh, was the, uh, what does the article say about that? You will see B. Civil Guy is first and farthest up the field at this moment in time. No breach that happened yet. Now it's talking about a guy who's saying don't uh, cross the bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving right along. And let's pull that up for you guys again. It says, uh, while everyone else was focused on the commotion from the Ray Epps breach team, B Civil Guy was uh, heading in the opposite direction toward the Capitol Police team on the Capitol grounds. He can be seen in images approaching them with his hands, hands up trying to flag them down. Something isn't adding up. So Revolver continues. So what explains B Civil Guy's bravery or insanity? What motivated him to illegally trespass way up the lawn by himself, then wave down a whole squad of Capitol cops stationed at the second perimeter before the first police perimeter line had ever been breached yet? Uh, what kind of January 6th protester so extremist he brings a giant bullhorn to the rally, then risks death as the first man to illegally bum-rush the Capitol lawn, but is also so anti-extremist he blows off Trump's final speech in office and uses his bullhorn to play hall monitor to a minor side crowd. And if he wanted to stop the crowd's lawbreaking, why didn't he tell the crowd to move back behind the first barricade instead of telling them come down 
to the inner perimeter of the next police line. And all the evidence just keeps adding up to indicate that this insurrection was manufactured by rogue federal agencies within the D.C. swamp. As of now, the most plausible scenario, especially considering the FBI's lack of interest in these individuals, indicates that a group of government-sponsored operatives were instructed to arrive at the breach site just before the arrival of the Proud Boys, who were scapegoated by the bootlicking media for the initial assault. Once inside, the key figures such as Epps and NW Scaffold Commander directed the crowd to move forward, while others remained at the entrance to hide the barricades, fencing, and signage. And I just remember... Those people stood out to me the most, the ones who were telling you, move on, get to the Capitol, get to the Capitol, get to the Capitol, because I walked by a few of them. And I was just like, there's not there's something that's not right about that. Okay, Um, let's see here. Okay, so uh, that was uh, that was the gist of uh, the Revolver second article as uh, presented through the Gateway Pundit. What do I got next for you guys? Uh, The curious case of videographer Baked Alaska marched and filmed at the Charlottesville Tiki Torch March that they tried to, what, recreate uh, for for, um, Glenn Youngkin over there in Virginia. Uh, Conversed with Ray Epps on January 5th, broke into lawmakers' office on January 6th to film faces, but somehow was spared from jail. So another example of someone who's there on the ground uh, on both the 5th and the 6th uh, that has been positively identified and yet somehow has escaped uh, the political imprisonment uh, that innocent Americans have um, have been held captive to, which again just goes to show that something else was definitely transpiring that day. Now, uh, the article from the Gateway Pundit identifies Baked Alaska as a man by the name of Tim... Gionette. His real name is Anthene Joseph Gionette, and he is an alleged white supremacist and anti-Semitic videographer who is a Trump supporter before he wasn't. Then he became a Democrat Yang supporter. He attended the January 5th and 6th rallies in Washington, D.C. and broke into Nancy Pelosi's office. He appeared to use her phone and filmed everyone in the office with him. Tim Gionette worked at BuzzFeed before he became assistant to Milo Yiannopoulos, whose career was exploding in 2016. He later left and went out on his own as a videographer. In April 2017, Baked Alaska traveled to Berkeley, California California to film a much-anticipated free speech rally. Tim Gionette was able to film the violent attacks by Antifa on the Trump supporters at the event that went viral. And in September of 2017, Baked Alaska traveled to Charlottesville. Tim marched in the Tiki Torch March and filmed all of the faces. Thanks to the light of the Tiki Torches, it was easy to identify who was marching that night. Who do you suppose thought of that idea? In one video clip from the Tiki Torch March, Baked Alaska is heard screaming about being proud to be white. Can you say proud to be an uh, agent provocateur? And uh, they have video here of him screaming Zig Heil, which we're not going to play. And then it talks about his involvement on January 5th and 6th as he traveled to Washington, D.C. Uh, we have photos on the screen of Baked Alaska, Tim Gionette on the screen, as well as him filming and, I guess, speaking with Ray Epps as well. 
At one point, baked Alaska ran into Ray Epps and filmed their exchange. Ray Epps tells him, I shouldn't say it, but tomorrow we need to get into the Capitol. Junet then cheered, let's go. So we uh, we saw some of that. I'm not going to argue. I want to stand up for a race. I agree with you. I agree But tonight, you know what? You can bring, you can bring shame on us. That's not what it's about. This is about the Constitution. We're here to defend the Constitution. Right, and what did our founding fathers do in 1776 over a tax on which is much, much less than this bullshit, dude? Yeah, well, just saying. Come on, we're far beyond that. If you're about we're to... far beyond that. Oh yeah, you know that. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say. We need, we need to go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but just the feeling I get watching that is they know each other. That looks like that looks like friends trying to act and uh, trying to uh, th- that just looks so hokey. They look like their body language to me suggests that they at least are familiar with each other, whether or not they're on the same team, they're there on the same mission and uh, they identify each other. I just it looks way too hokey. It looks way, that looked way too hokey. I would not doubt that those two at least were associated or had been introduced to each other prior to those events. Um, let's see here. Ja- on January 6th, the article continues. Uh, Tim Gionet stormed the U.S. Capitol and broke into Nancy Pelosi's office. While inside her office, Vate Alaska filmed the faces of everyone in the room. At one point, he appeared to be using her phone. He live He live streamed his jaunt inside the Capitol. Uh, on, Jan- on January 6th, he interviewed several Trump supporters and filmed everyone in the room with him when he entered Pelosi's office. He also broadcasted himself cursing a U.S. Capitol police officer who was escorting him from the building. I think I remember seeing that. Not present, but uh, seeing that on the... Uh... And there's some other footage here I actually did not procure for this story, like when... Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, John Sullivan and his group are inside that building... <laughs> And they're like, the chairs are upside down and stuff like that when they're inside the Capitol. Anyways, uh, this comes from Yahoo. During the live stream, Gionet talked to other rioters about what they were doing at the Capitol. At one point, he suggested he would sleep inside a lawmaker's office and use the desk phone to call President Donald Trump. At another point in the stream, a police officer in the building appeared to be taking selfies with his uh, with rioters. And then via the Hill reporter, Gionette, who also took part in the 2017 Unite the Right march in Charlottesville, was arrested on January 15th and charged with illegally entering a restricted building, violent entry, and disorderly conduct on the Capitol grounds. But again, uh, Baked Alaska is not being held in prison, okay? Which again, just goes uh, against the narrative here that uh, there were no... Agent provocateurs, there was no infiltrators. It was all purely Trump supporters, whether they are uh, racist or uh, xenophobic or whatever. All Trump supporters, no one else. Uh, so this next article will highlight um, others who were involved. Uh, it says here, Ignored by the media, elites, and the FBI, a list of 20 individuals at the Capitol on January 6th all appear to be connected to Antifa or far-left groups. Okay. So I told you guys we were going to do a rundown on this since uh, January 6th and the events that day. 
uh, we're not uh, particularly, we're not, we don't cover this all the time, but uh, as today is the anniversary of that day, I uh, thought it would be, it would, we would do well to share this information as vital as it is. Uh, so let's, let's take a look at this laundry list that was put together by, uh, again, the Gateway Pundit. Some of these we've talked about before, including John Sullivan, but uh, you got to go way back on the C-Report uh, to hear that uh, show on John Sullivan. Let's go ahead and expand that. Okay, so uh, let's see, we have a person. So again, all of these are connected to Antifa, the far left. Um, I guess not specifically any three-letter agency. Looking at persons one and two, let's see, we had two individuals, one adult male and one adult female. Now, I actually had John Sullivan's videos on my old YouTube uh, channel before they totally removed it. So uh, I, I might have downloaded those, but uh, John Sullivan and uh, Jade Sacker. Um, let's see, they incited a riot and they impersonated uh, Trump supporters. John Sullivan arranged an Antifa event at the Capitol on January 6th and was there at the Capitol building to film the massive crowd of people. He was wearing a MAGA hat and mingling with Trump supporters as one of them. He was accompanied by Jade Sacker, who has connections to NPR and CNN, who was filming. When they breached the Capitol building, John can be heard saying things like, we need to burn this bitch down and corralling people to go further into the building. When John and Jade were standing in the rotunda, Jade exclaims, you were right, we did it. And John replied, I was trying to tell you, I couldn't say much. You just have to watch my chat. Is this not going to be the best film you ever made in your life? Clearly illustrating that they knew of and were part of a plan to breach the Capitol building. John was also in uh, the direct vicinity of the murder of Ashley Babbitt, and he was actively trying to convince the law enforcement officers to stand down and allow them through the closed doors. This ultimately ended with Ashley Babbitt being shot and killed by the Capitol Police from the other side of the closed door. Because Sullivan was behind bringing in Antifa to the event, he's likely responsible for the most violence inside the Capitol and a possible accomplice to the death of Ashley Babbitt. Um, and okay, so here they offer links to the footage. I clicked on them and only one of them was live. Uh, so we'll take a look at that later. And uh, there's some uh, images here of footage of Jaden X or John Sullivan and uh, this uh, Sacker girl. And uh, that one in the corner there is them on CNN. They managed to get on CNN within hours, right? Or within minutes of uh, what was going on. So now they have uh, persons three and four, two, two males. And this was at the time of Ashley Babbitt's murder. Again, here for inciting a riot and also destruction of federal property. Uh, individuals wearing the red MAGA hat and yellow handed, uh, oh wait, and yellow don't tread on me flag draped around the front of his chest in possession of a Kevlar helmet. He handed the Kevlar helmet to the individual wearing the fur hat and black t-shirt. Both individuals began aggressively hitting and kicking the glass door as officers stepped aside and watched. The individual wearing the fur hat removed his hat and began uh, hitting the glass door with the Kevlar helmet. Ashley Babbitt attempted to climb through the door and she was shot and killed. Then individual number one went down the stairs and changed his clothes standing next to the police officer. And uh, we can't see that footage again, but there are images of it here. The man in the MAGA hat with the don't tread on me. And I've seen other footage of this too, uh, you know, where they're, they're really um, 
analyzing the footage of Ashley Babbitt and her body and the activities that were going on around her and the way the other people were behaving and some of the things that they were doing. Uh, so again, so at this point, we're looking at uh, Antifa uh, leftist BLM in, in, in uh, uh, people who interfered or who were infiltrating. Whereas, you know, with Ray Epps and that other team, we were looking at three-letter agencies. So you really had a conglomeration of a whole bunch of entities and individuals that came together. Now, whether they were working uh, unanimously, well, obviously unanimously, they had a point of being together, but whether they were working um, knowingly with each other or not, these were the real insurrectionists and they were not true Trump supporters, probably not even pro-America, definitely not pro-law enforcement. Uh, let's see. Persons of interest number five, six, and seven were three individuals, two adults, two adult males, and one adult female. And uh, they are cited at uh, 4.15 p.m. near Capitol Steps under tree cover. Acting suspicious is what it says. Attempting to conceal MAGA apparel in possession of protective vests dressed in all black with black gear and black backpacks, similar to the attire of known Antifa agitators. The individuals filming sneak sneaks up behind them, says caught him, then runs away from the three individuals. When the individuals realized they had been filmed, one or more of them chased the person filming, demanding that he delete it. It also appears as though the three individuals may have been inside the Capitol at some point on the ground near their belongings. There's a floor marker from inside the Capitol. So I guess they were underneath. We have images here of the Capitol and the trees where they were hiding underneath. And uh, there are their images. Now, it says it's, what, two guys and a girl. That one right there looks like one of the guys I talked to. But uh, my memory is probably false. Person number eight is an adult male around 1253 near Capitol Perimeter Fence for inciting a riot. Individual aggressively throws the gate on the ground and breaches the perimeter of the restricted area. He proceeds to walk up and down the fence line, yelling at the crowd of individuals on other sides of the gate encouraging and demanding that they follow him toward the restricted area in the Capitol grounds. He's dressed in black with combat style gear and protective vest, similar to the attire of known Antifa agitators. He appears to be alone. And there is footage of that man. So if you are with us on the podcast, you can always visit the show. Um, Go to uh, thecreport.com if you want to find a uh, platform that you'd like to view tonight's episode. Of course, you can make it easy on yourself and go to the foxhole.app or pill.net where this episode will be archived indefinitely for your viewing pleasure, for your reviewing pleasure. And we got persons of interest 9, 10, and 11. Two adults, one, uh, one female. Uh, video timestamp 206 outside of the Capitol building. Suspicious activity inciting a riot. Two male individuals were dressed in protective gear carrying backpacks. They were inciting the riot and encouraging people to follow them to breach the Capitol. The female appears to be with the two men. And again, we have footage here. I mean, footage, we have uh, photos of them here. And uh, it kind of it kind of makes me recall when we were we were told make sure you film everything. Have your cameras handy. Have your phones handy. Have them out. Persons of interest number twelve, uh, one adult male or female. Again, about two twenty six outside the Capitol building. Uh, suspicious activity. 
individual dressed in protective gear with backpack was pepper sprayed. Their response was, well, at least I get $1,000, guys. This individual is also seen in the vicinity of Ashley Babbitt's murder. And I guess this would be the individual who's pepper sprayed. Number 13, an operative with Red Cross tape on backpack. It is well known that Antifa is highly organized and commonly appoints a medic role during their planned black, uh, black block street violence. The medic typically has no medical training and is often seen assaulting their opposition, whether it's police or Trump supporters. Uh, during the U.S. Capitol protest, a medic is seen walking the halls before Ashley Babbitt was shot dead. And there you see a photo of the uh, Red Cross on the backpack. This is an Antifa tactic. When was the last time you saw an assigned medic at a Trump rally? Never right, because there is never violence at a Trump rally, unlike the BLM and Antifa riots. Persons of interest 14 and 15, two males, timestamp 1220 to 1245, suspicious activities relating to citing, inciting a riot and setting up photo shoots of people attacking the police. Individuals were setting up photo shoots and attacking police. These two individuals were recognized from previous Portland riots. And there are photos of them there as well. Now, on most of these links to the footage, um, it, the, the video doesn't work. Uh, it's been removed or, you know, uh, the account has been removed. So, And persons of interest 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 were five males. Timestamp towards the end of the riot. They appear to be removing weapons from the Capitol building. As we reported previously, these individuals appear to be removing weapons in a coordinated fashion, crowding uh, around a small window. So difficult to see what's going on. And uh, they just have uh, footage of these guys. They, they seem to be wearing uh, smoke uh, masks. Uh, the, this list of individuals appear to be coordinated. They were attempting to incite the crowd. They also were attempting to discredit Trump supporters at the Capitol by wearing Trump gear. Some, if not all, were involved in violent activities. They all appear to be connected to Antifa. Some are known to be connected to Antifa. And in fact, we'll take a look at that next now. Oh, here's actually the video, one of the videos of uh, Jaden X and uh, that uh, Jade Sacker person. Uh, we'll play that real quick. It's 30 seconds for uh, Hoots and Hollers. I'll give you your hug now. We did it. <laughs> you were right. We did it. Dude, I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. <laughs> you just have to watch my chat. Oh, my God. Is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? That's it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you are recording, right? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It's just voices. What a lie! He lied to her. He said he didn't record her. And clearly he did. Okay. Let me uh, get that uh, taken care of real quick. Okay. All right, guys. So we only got uh, a couple of more things to go over. And we will wrap it for tonight. Thank you all again for being present. We're almost done with this. But uh, again, very interesting information. Uh, information that is not really being put out. And definitely information that the January 6th Unselect Committee is that they have no concern 
They have no concern over why so many Americans showed up. Uh, they refuse to hear anything other than this happened because of President Trump. Because they, they don't want to talk about how uh, everyone was there to uh, show how they did not support the way that our supposedly elected officials were handling were handling uh, the January, uh, the November 3rd election, 2020 election. Okay. Um, okay. So finally, as we wrap it up, uh, let's talk about uh, this here. Now, this, uh, this article also from the Gateway Pundit um, talks about how these people are actually documented bragging about being there at the January 6th false flag riot and also uh, some of their, uh, you know, preemptive uh, advertising for the event. So they, and they have this information, you know, but again, this is just not to the concern of Nancy Pelosi or Merrick Garland or anyone involved uh, who are simply just attempting to uh, throw all the blame on President Trump and, of course, uh, try and keep him from uh, assuming office once again. Although, in my personal opinion, he's been our president since. Uh, so here we got uh, ignored by media and FBI Antifa BLM activists are posting photos and bragging online about storming the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Okay, so uh, it talks about uh, they're just, uh, you know, talking about the FBI and how they're uh, they're not looking for the true perpetrators and organizers of the violence that took place. Okay, so this one, it features uh, Antifa organizer John Sullivan. He organized this rally. He advertised. He promoted it. See here, one of their old articles. Utah activist John Sullivan organized Antifa protest near U.S. Capitol before it was stormed. Tweeted about BLM buses in December on uh, the 6th. And uh, that's a photo right here of one of his uh his his promotions, his advertisements, kick these fascists out of D.C. January 6th, it says, dump Trump for good, location Washington Monument, 11 a.m. So he was on the internet. He was on social media platforms uh, like advertising this event and uh, organizing it, organizing it. Now, Black Lives Matter later on went on to say that they uh, basically... Um, they had separated with uh, John Sullivan because he was too extreme for them. They were, they denounced him as a member of their organization, but uh, the man, the guy's clearly still a left-leaning uh, uh, agent and a provocateur. So here we have examples again of um, people. They're on Discord on this, this the the social platform Discord, uh, talking about them organizing it. Uh, this one says, "Yeah, he ended up plotting this, and it stirred up some shit on the sixth. And there you go is another uh, promotional uh, flyer ad uh, graphic. January 6th, keeping our people and property safe. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Plaza 16th, K Street, Washington, D.C., us against racism. Wait, so does that mean all the Trump supporters were right? Ha! Because the Trump supporters were already talking about how this was uh, set up by Antifa and the left. Uh, now and now, Antifa protesters are openly bragging online about their involvement. Uh, this is dirt, this is via a thread reader. 
Uh, John Sullivan, aka Jaden X, everyone in the Facebook event, there is a link to a Facebook group. You should go and join this group as it is for Trump's cue to overthrow the government, counterintelligence. And there you have Jaden X, hence counterintel. We are going to counter protest that shit. Yeah, I want to do more than to counter that, but my main focus right now is finishing high school. Word, it just sucks because so much Trump supporters here in Utah and no one cares about Black Lives Matter or countering. You can't click on these. They're uh, just uh, still images. Again, they're online bragging about participating. Uh, Discord, a user by a username123 says, whoever is going to the counter protest in DC on the 6th, bring a weapon with you. That's what's up. Columbus is working for the arrest uh, of killer cop Jason Mead. Okay, I don't know what that's about. Hello, everyone. I've been going through and looking at the counter intel and some of the other info. You guys really have a good plan set and good job on the spy bot. Um, so, again, talking, bragging, thinking that these people think that no one else sees this stuff. User dog backwards admits to wearing a Trump gear. I had to wear a Trump hat and shirt. So uh, when you are a well-known organizer, you need to blend in, says Dog Backwards San Diego. He says, I had to wear a Trump hat and shirt. And then Weasel Woke Up, username, says, yeah, putting on a Trump hat does not make him blend in. It makes him look like a well-known activist who is attempting to instigate Antifa violence. Narrative, bad move. Ha! That's funny. John Sullivan, a.k.a. Jaden X, posting on Discord his gear, also saying civil war and revolution. So there you have a photograph of uh, uh, guns, ammunition, uh, Kevlars and backpacks, all that stuff. And he actually sold this stuff on his website. Um, was it Insurrection USA or something like that? I don't even know if it's still up, but uh, we looked at it at the previous C report where we talked about Jaden X, John Sullivan. But again, that's going to be uh, back a few months ago. Uh, John Sullivan at KJ and X talking about all of the state, uh, all of the state capital protests across the country. He said it's about to get crazy. So again, this guy really likes to do his graphic uh, designing here about uh, events that he is a part of and or organizing. Not that anyone's interested uh, from him by law enforcement terms. Uh, Discord user Death Threat just outed himself in the chat. He said, I was in front line of the battle and know who was there personally. It was a large sum of anti-Trumpers. That's his post. That's what it says. He then posts a screenshot from a video and circles himself. <laughs> At FBI. So the FBI are tagged in this one. And uh, right there, I guess he circles himself. In regards to Antifa being at the Capitol, does this mean uh, Trump supporters were right? We already saw that. And uh, another Discord user, soup for the family, flipping off President Trump supporters on January 6th. So they were present there on the ground. Jaden X, hey, sorry, the signal is being jammed. Yep, I could tell you about that. And then again, counter intel. And that's he inside of the Capitol building, or maybe that's his hotel. Who knows? Discord user Dog Backwards admits that they, the cops, let us all inside and also said that was the mantra of the entire coup. 
So that was a mantra of the entire coup. A black cop is on the video standing to the side saying, we disagree with your choice, but respect your decision and just lets them inside. So a black part was part of the coup. They let us all inside. This individual also admits they are a well-known organizer. You need to blend in. And we saw that one already when they're talking about blending in. Yeah, this person saying that makes you look like a well-known activist who's attempting to instigate Antifa violence. User Tetrahedron is a bulk ammo dealer and would like to help. And that guy is just talking about uh, helping them with uh, the entire event. Uh, Jaden X or John Sullivan, he puts up a post on how to uh, set up a burner phone. And, of course, another uh, Antifa event in uh, D.C. on January 6th. No fascists in D.C. march against fascism. So the video footage is there. The evidence of, uh, of their um, planning is there. All of it is there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, sure, the FBI had it. And, of course, uh, I think um, John Sullivan's brother was a member of, was it the Proud Boys, maybe? And his brother actually turned him in, but of course he was released. All they did was really keep his money because he'd received a lot. He gotten paid by CNN and another news network for his footage, uh, which we aired in our previous episode. Uh, now we have an infographic, a sample uh, for non-organic linkage for January 6th. And it's just, uh, again, connecting some of the dots here. There's Jade Sacker in the face. It says uh, she's received awards from the International Photography Awards, Honorable Mention, Deeper Tissue, Royal, Fo- Royal Photography Society, International Photography Exhibition, 162 finalist, 2020 CDS Documentary Essay Prize in Photography, semi-finalist. She's had exhibitions. Uh, there's Jade in the uh, Rotunda, as filmed by John Sullivan. So I think they were ultimately they were planning to uh, like uh, re- really exploit this. She was just documenting it, and I probably they probably would have made like a uh, a documentary on uh, John Sullivan's uh, you know uh, on his uh, participation and the things that went down. Now there's a photo here with John Sullivan and Ray Epps standing side by side. Um, we also have uh, more footage, uh, more photos here again. Ray Epps from January eighth uh, until July first, he was number sixteen on the FBI most wanted list. We have photos of uh, John Sullivan and Jade Sacker having a conversation with uh, with Anderson uh, Cooper. They were working together. Uh, that is his arrest photo, John Sullivan, uh, down there at the bottom. We have photos of Ray Epps with Stuart Rhodes of Oath Keepers, 2011 Oath Keepers, Arizona chapter uh, president Ray Epps and uh, Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes at the Freedom Summit. And more photos of Ray Epps again, Stuart Rhodes, John Sullivan. There you have it. Never let it be said that there were not agent provocateurs present on January 20th. The last thing that we'll uh, look at tonight as we uh, go down this uh, trip through actual events that occurred is something that most people um, either are unaware of or it's been forgotten. 
Headline reads, the January 6th mystery pipe bombs. Why were Trump supporters, vehicles searched and occupants arrested and detained, but Antifa operatives with guns allowed to leave town? Now, the pipe bombs, um, that's something in retrospect where you have that moment and you're kind of like, dang, something really could have happened. Now, we know that they found two pipe bombs, at least as it was reported when I was there on the ground, what, in the uh, head of the RNC and the DNC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But that was two of 13 alleged pipe bombs that were recovered from the area on that day. So there was 11 recovered pipe bombs, guys, that were not reported, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Just think about that. Think about how many lives could have been lost, how much bloodshed, how much destruction could have happened that day. Um, If that is in fact true, if anyone in the audience is aware of that information, or if you might happen to know any additional information about those pipe bombs, or correct me if I'm wrong, but 11 to 13 pipe bombs recovered from the Capitol grounds that day. Of course, we hear the reports about them being at the RNC and DNC headquarters there in Washington, D.C. But can you imagine, guys, had that, were that true or had they actually gone off? But uh, this is this is a piece of the narrative that seems to have fallen by the wayside. Uh, and they have footage. There's one, there's one photo here. Let me go ahead and expand that of the uh, D.C. pipe bomber. So it says here on January 5th, a still unidentified suspect planted two pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC DC headquarters in Washington, DC. The night before the massive January 6th rally at the ellipse in Washington, DC, the bombs were reportedly safely detonated by an FBI bomb squad on January 6th. The FBI offered a reward of $50,000 for information on the individual who planted pipe bombs at the Republican and Democrat headquarters in Washington, DC. On January 6th, the FBI pointed out the expensive shoes and purple backpack of the suspected bomber. Despite all of the cameras in Washington, D.C., the February uh, the FBI has been unable to identify the alleged pipe bomber to this day. So I think they are planning to have a huge supposed riot and then have bombs go off. I mean, it could have been a mess that day. In September, the FBI released fresh video of the alleged bomber, but still there are no leads on this person with the backpack bombs who set uh, with the backpack bombs who set bombs at the headquarters. It appears we now have more evidence that reinforces the theory that the pipe bomber may be a federal agent and the alleged pipe bomb threat was a government executed operation. We learned months after January 6th protests that the U.S. Congress was evacuated on January 6th due to a pipe bomb threat. It was not because of the pro-Trump protesters. Earlier this week, Cara Castronova posted an exclusive letter on the uh, Gateway Pundit from D.C. Gitmo political prisoner Lonnie Kaufman, a 70-year-old Vietnam veteran locked up at D.C. Gitmo. And uh, Lonnie also appeared on Greg Kelly's show. And that's why I was saying uh, perhaps they were singled out because they were vocal about what was going on and they were making the rounds on the media. Uh, Lonnie Kaufman is being held unconstitutionally with no bond in Washington, D.C. for attending the rally on January 6th. Lonnie described what happened in this letter. The FBI used the alleged 
a bomb threat at the DNC to rummage through cars and Lonnie's truck. The investigators found firearms and jars of gasoline that he carries with him. The FBI fabricated their findings and described the jars of gasoline as Molotov cocktails. Oh, so maybe that might also have to do with why he's being held. And uh, then uh, there is uh, his letter and he's uh, talking about uh, what we just described. Lonnie Steele still being held and abused in a D.C. jail, and the federal government is determined to make an example out of him. Again, ladies and gentlemen, all of the cast of characters with their faces fully seen and identified have not been, uh, have not been part of this uh, January 6th unselect committee. They have absolutely no interest whatsoever in any of these people who literally were present uh, to, uh, to incite this riot and uh, possibly worse, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, well, that is our show for tonight, guys. Uh, again, on this anniversary of that day, having been present there myself, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's quite crazy to note uh, but to see the way that they are taking those events, they are spinning them and spinning them and spinning them. They are using them against patriotic Americans. They are using them against a duly elected president. Uh, I'll say it before. I'll say it again. May justice be served, you know. But uh, it's going to take a lot of deep cleaning, particularly in these three-letter agencies, as, uh, as the theme of draining the swamp remains constant on our minds. Moving forward, guys, um, it'd be, it would be something to see these characters brought to justice. Um, but again, guys, uh, for the politics of Washington, D.C. and everything that they are trying to do and prove and uh, for all the lies that they are trying to impress upon the minds of sleeping Americans or those who just don't give a damn, uh, it is a shame that we see this happening in our country. And uh, may, our, may our prayers and hopes go to those who are still being held captive. Um, and hopefully swift action will be taken. You know, we had, uh, we had uh, the clown in chief and his vice clown, of course, utilizing today to further this narrative um, against the American people and against President Trump. Um, Disgusting as it was, at least we did have a counter narrative out there by way of the press conference that was held by Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, and there was press present, you know, because, again, uh, even though um, a website, a news agency like the Gateway Pundit has done an outstanding job of continuously covering this information so as it doesn't fall by the wayside of memory. And it, it maintains its own spotlight. You know, uh, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, national press won't pay attention to it. But at least it's 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 a little bit more than trickling out now by this point, I would say. It's a little bit more than trickling out now by this point. Just like the election truth is coming out, may justice be served. And uh, well, guys, we will keep on towing the line, as it were. And I know for my part here at the Sea Report, uh, I will keep presenting this information as I may. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoy tonight's show. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, being present here, guys. Uh, that was that was a that was quite a dig for us on this uh, January sixth um, 
specific show night tonight. Uh, thank you all again. And uh, for those of you who uh, donated uh, to the show, thank you for your support. Um, we got, uh, let's see here, uh, Jane Jetson, we uh, thanked you before. We'll thank you again. Thank you so much. WC Cranop, thank you for the 983 gold pills. And uh, WC says, uh, was a good year. Thank you, Mr. C, uh, for your work. Oh, thank you, sir. And, uh, well, just doing what I do here. Much appreciated. And then uh, lastly, we had Sean Joe. Thank you, sir, for the cookie. I appreciate your support as always, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Jane Jetson says, uh, you should run for office. You would be a good guy. Oh, what is it? You would be a, uh, ah, the gold pill, the scratching's a moving. You would be a good rep for your area. Well, I'll give myself, I don't know, nine more years before I run for office. Till then, I'll be doing this as long as I may. And, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, Currently uh, going for precinct judge in my area. Because uh, elections, ladies and gentlemen, we need to be involved. All right, guys. Uh, you guys have a great night. Thank you again. Scratching's been released. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Canoe Tripper, good evening. First time seeing you here, and you're most welcome. And Shepherding Shepherd, thank you for stopping in, and I love it whenever uh, you come in and uh, you give your, your uh, powerful one-liners. We'll be back tomorrow, same place, same time, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Well, actually, maybe not the same time. We went on uh, late tonight. Uh, we went on at 9 p.m. Central Time. We're usually on a little bit earlier than that. But again, we will be here at the same place. Go to thecreport.com if you uh, are looking for this show and you'd like to find out a pa- platform to view us on. We're live on several platforms. Of course, the app or pill.net is always a great place to go and uh, get your free account and join a great community. Or be sure to uh, check us out at the podcast version of the show over at anchor.fm slash the C-Report, where uh, you can subscribe to the C-Report and uh, you can give us support that way, or you could subscribe for free. We're on most major platforms, but again, everyone's support is appreciated. And I thank you, uh, especially if you've joined us over at subscription level on the podcast side. Thank you so much for being part of uh, the team and for your continued support We'll be back again tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see what headlines we have to uh, spouse then. But until then, as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you tomorrow.